Wherever you're watching from today, we're so glad that you've joined us here at Family Church for our online service. My name's Andy Elms, and I'm a senior leader of Family Church, and we're just glad that you've joined us. Wherever you're watching from in the country, whether you're a part of one of our congregations or a part of an online congregation that we've, we've gathered together during this time of lockdown over the last few months, we're excited that you're with us. And we're in the midst of a series called Turn the Power On, and today we're on week two and my message today is called Be Filled With Power. Now, we're going to recap a little bit from last week. But if you missed last week, please feel free to go to FC Live to our YouTube channel and catch up on last week where we were laying the foundations of where we're heading in this series. And where we're heading in this series is all about you and me knowing the power of God, the ability of God in our daily lives. So we established last week that God's plan for our salvation involved both repositioning our lives, making them now his, and the empowerment of our lives. That he made provision that we could know today in the 21st century, his power and his ability alive in us. Not when we're in church or gathered together, but in every moment of our lives, whether we're at home, whether we're at work, We've looked at the multiple promises last week about the Holy Spirit coming that was made by the prophets in the Old Testament, but also by the Lord Jesus himself uh, throughout the Gospels. Uh, over and over again, he said, and when he comes, the Holy Spirit's coming. It's good for you that I go because then he will come. And we read a lot of verses last week to lay a foundation. Our expectation of having the Holy Spirit in our life, alive and active in our life, is something that Jesus validated in his teaching. We also took time last week to confront some of the religious lies that can prevent a person from receiving or experiencing what we would call the baptism or the saturation or the infilling of the Holy Spirit in their life like God desires for every believer to experience. Now, before we move on this morning, I want to refer to one more key thing that Jesus said. Now, I know that we went over many verses from the book of John last week, but there's another key one that I want to look at before we move forward today. And I'm believing today, right? Believe with me today, that people are going to experience in their homes and wherever you're watching a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm believing for. That's what I've prayed for today. Lord, wherever anyone's watching, families, young, old, let people experience today a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we look at these verses that Jesus made in John 7, verses 37 to 39, we can again see that this was a prophetic statement, a foretelling of Jesus saying, this is what you're going to experience, the other side of the cross. And we're now living the other side of the cross in that context. Now, it says this, and I love to visualize this moment. <clears throat> it says, on the last day, of that great feast, Jesus stood and cried out. He didn't whisper. He didn't subtly say this, but he stood up and he announced this to those who were listening. He said, if anyone thirsts, <clears throat> let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, other translations say belly, out of his heart or his belly will flow rivers of living water. And then he quantifies or qualifies what he means by this because some people would say, well, I don't know what he meant by that. Well, Jesus actually answers himself what he meant by this statement in verse 39. 
It says, but this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing, that's you and me, those believing in him would, not might, would receive. But for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Okay, it says out of your heart. That means your belly. Different translations say different things. Some say belly, heart, innermost being. But they all refer to the same thing, out of the center of you, of who you are. Now, the word that's used in Greek um, is the word kolia, and it means the innermost part of man, the heart or the soul or the core of a person. So Jesus is saying that you're not going to experience the Holy Spirit visiting you from the outside in, but rather a believer can experience the life of the Holy Spirit like rivers of living water flowing from the innermost core or soul of heart of who they are. And again, we notice that Jesus makes mention of um, this being referred to in scriptures. And in doing that, he's noting again what the prophet said, I, you know, specifically the prophet Isaiah and the prophet Ezekiel. But the key, the key question that I'm left here is if somebody wants to experience the rivers of living water, it all comes down to one question, doesn't it? Has Jesus now been glorified? Now, Jesus, remember, let's backtrack a little bit. He said that rivers of living water would be the experience of those who have believed in me. They're believers. Now, verse 39, but this is what he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. But the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. I've got some good news for you today. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's ascended and he has been glorified. And when he was seated at the right hand side of the father, the father did what he promised he would do. And he sent his Holy Spirit, not to live in buildings, but to live in those who were followers of Jesus, believers. Now, Jesus is announcing here that which was fulfilled in the day of Pentecost. We looked at verses last week from Acts chapter 2. But I want you to grasp something with me today. What we're noticing here is the announcing of the coming of the Holy Spirit, which was fulfilled as we spoke last week on the day of Pentecost for the first believers and for the rest of us, the moment when we're born again. So the initial coming of the Holy Spirit was the day of Pentecost. But for us, the moment we're born again, the Bible says we're born again of the Spirit. The moment a person is born again is the moment that they receive the Holy Spirit. And it's through the regeneration and the inhabitation of the Holy Spirit that a person is, as we would term in the Bible, born again, born from above or born anew. Now, here's some good news. Theologically, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says that the Holy Spirit was ever recalled or that God's plan to allow his spirit to now live in his people was ever changed. Now, that should cause us to gladly conclude that the Holy Spirit, God's own spirit, is still on the earth today. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, and then God changed his mind or God recalled his spirit, which means our glad conclusion is the Holy Spirit is still on the earth today, but he's not 
living in buildings made by men rather than living in our lives now, the lives that now belong to God. So a key question today would be how does a person experience or receive the filling or the saturation or the baptism of the Holy Spirit in their life? Simple. It's in the same way that you receive anything from God. It always involves faith. Now, we receive the gift of salvation. How? By believing it's available, by asking the Lord for it, and then receiving it according to what he says in his word is available. Now, in the same way, the baptism or the saturation or the infilling of the spirit comes when we acknowledge that God has made it available. Same root, that God wants us to experience the infilling of his spirit. We ask the Lord for the infilling of the spirit. We say, Holy Spirit, would you now infill the life that belongs to you? And then we, by faith, remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Whatever we do with God involves faith. We receive it based upon what he said he would do, not upon how we feel about it. Now, when it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit, the common word used throughout Scripture is always receive. Acts 1 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, comes upon your life. But also we read later on in Acts chapter 19 that Paul asks, and we're going to look at this in a few moments, people who had not yet experienced the infilling of the Spirit, did you receive the Holy Spirit? the moment that you believed, or the baptism, or the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that moment that you became saved. Now, we want to open this up a little bit today. It's not about straining, attaining, travailing, but receiving. Remember, we need to understand that there's not a Holy Spirit part one and part two. The moment that you're born again, the Bible says you're born of the Spirit that you now belong to God and God's spirit, the spirit of Jesus, now lives in you. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, when it comes to experiencing the infilling of the spirit, the baptism, the word baptism means the saturizing or the saturization uh, to be saturated. It comes from receiving what God's made available, not straining or travailing or trying to attain but simply saying, thank you, Lord, for what you've said you've made available for me. Now, it involves three things, like the same three things that are involved any time you receive a gift from anyone. Number one, we believe. Number two, we receive. And number three, we're thankful. Think about when you receive any present from somebody that's a part of your world. Firstly, you acknowledge the availability of it and also your desire to experience it. Now, if somebody stands in front of you with a present, you acknowledge that that present, if your name's written on it, you acknowledge that that present is for you. You'd be silly if you walked around ignoring the present that somebody was making available to you. But then you'd also say, yes, I want that present. I really want that present to move from your life or your hands into mine. Then you would receive the present. You would welcome what has been offered to you into your life. Very simple. These are the gifts. These are the rules for receiving a gift. And then if you're a good receiver, you would simply thank the person for the gift that they've given you 
and you'd be a thankful giver for what you'd received. Remember, whenever we pray over our food or say, as it's termed grace, we say, Lord, for that which I'm about to receive, I'm thankful. In the same way, when it comes to experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God just wants us to acknowledge what's available to us based upon his word. And he wants us to desire the Holy Spirit's baptism or infilling. Then he wants us to receive it. He wants us to take it and make it our own. And then he wants us just to, by faith, say, thank you, Lord. I've received the gift that you've made available to me. Now, in the book of Acts, there's an interesting account where we find some people who, as sadly some people still in the church today, had received the gift or the baptism of salvation, but they'd not yet experienced the baptism or the infilling of the Spirit. Let me put that another way to bring it in alignment with our series. They'd not yet experienced the power of the Holy Spirit being turned on in their life. Now, we, we know that when we study these verses, they'd been saved or born again, but they'd not yet been empowered. They had received the new life that God had promised them. They'd received a new start with God, a brand new born again experience, but they'd never had his power turned on, the power of the Holy Spirit turned on or filling their lives. So they carried on struggling and trying to be saved or Christians in their own ability. And that was never the plan of God for them. The plan of God was to reposition us in salvation and re-empower us by giving us and making available to us his power and his, avail- his, his ability in our daily lives. So let's look at this verse, uh, these verses together in Acts chapter 19. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. While Apollos was at Corinth... Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. They were followers of Jesus. They were born again. And he asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Were you filled with the Holy Spirit when you believed? In that moment you believed because that was an option. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So their problem was an ignorance concerning what the Lord had given them to know. So Paul asked them again, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied, which was a baptism in water unto salvation or ownership to the Lord. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, They were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them or was released, should I say, within them. And they began to speak in tongues in a heavenly language and they began to prophesy. They began to express the life of God's Spirit now in them verbally Yet uh, there were about 12 men in all. And it's almost like a replica moment to what had been experienced in the upper room in that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came for the first time to dwell in the hearts of men. Now, stay with me. Paul asked them a simple yet very important question. And this is the question that I'm asking many of you today. He was saying, would you like to experience the second part 
of God's plan or gift for your life, the part that now empowers the life that belongs to him. Notice that first he removes their ignorance concerning its availability. He says, did you not know? And they said, we never heard that apart from the baptism of water, there was also a second baptism which involved the empowerment of the Holy Spirit within our lives. So he removes the ignorance and and lets them know of the availability. But then he, he just simply says to them, would you like to experience it now? And they answered, absolutely. And so he prays for them. And in that moment, there were no choirs, there were no singing, there was no band. In that moment, suddenly the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that had saved them and sealed them until the day of redemption, was released. The ability and the power of God was released in them and through their lives. And their lives were never the same again. Now, this is still what some people need today. Today, there's Christians who have experienced the baptism of water, repentance, coming to the Lord and experiencing his salvation, being born of the Spirit, but they've never yet experienced that moment when the Holy Spirit fills their life. And I'm going to be praying this for some of you today. And I'm believing that some of you in your homes today are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time and others of you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in a brand new fresh way. I've got no choir, I'm not coming to your home. This is something that's going to happen between you and the Lord that you belong to today. Now the empowerment of the Spirit can come from other people praying for you, from the verses that we've read. It says that then Paul prayed for them. What if Paul wasn't putting something on them rather than releasing something already within them? What if Paul was removing the ignorance of the fullness of what they'd received when they were believing and now was releasing the power and the life of the one who now was living within them? Good questions, eh? Now, we need to understand that experiencing the filling of the Holy Spirit or the saturation of the Holy Spirit, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, is something that we don't need to be meeting dependent concerning. Some people have almost imagined that because we've not gathered together over the last 12 months like we normally would, that that could affect their experience of being filled with the Spirit. Absolutely not. Because the filling of the Holy Spirit is relationary. relationally, I'll get the word in the end, received. It's not a matter of being in a room or being in a building. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Spirit by other people praying for you. Paul models that. But you can also experience it by simply coming to the Lord and asking for yourself and receiving a a fresh filling or a filling of the Holy Spirit when there's just you and him in the room. Now, we need to be removing blockages that prevent believers from experiencing the wonderful infilling or empowerment that God intends for every believer to experience. Now, here's two things I just want to cover that remove blockages for people. Number one, it's not about intellectual assent. It's not about whether you can achieve something academically or in the way you think. Rather, you must come as a child would come. 
Remember in Matthew 18 verse 3, Jesus says that no one really enters or experiences the kingdom or the things of the kingdom unless they come as a child. So often within religion, it's about what you can achieve in your academia or, 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 or in what you've understood in the philosophies you've embraced. Yet Jesus said, no, no, no. Actually, to experience what God has for you, you actually need to become not childish, but childlike. And just approach the father as a child would approach his father when a gift is being offered. I want to share with you the account of when I was initially baptised, saturated, um, in filled with the Holy Spirit. I was actually nine years old. And uh, as many of you know my testimony, my family came to the Lord and we were born again when I was around nine. From the age of nine to 16, I was in church. From the age of 16 to 24, I left church. I went into a crazy way of living. At the age of 24, I came back to the Lord. But never in the time when I was away from the Lord was the Holy Spirit not in me. Because he said, never would he leave me or forsake me. But I want to share with you how easy it was for me as a child to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I remember walking in my living room one day. We lived um, in uh, and around Portsmouth at that time and a whole family had been born again. And I remember walking into the living room and my mum was hoovering the floor. I was nine years old, my brother was around 12, and she was singing in this language that I'd never heard before. She was so filled with joy. She was laughing and she was just, I, I thought, oh my goodness, what, what has mum been doing? So as a child, I said to mum, what's going on, mum? She said, oh, this is the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. She termed it in a way that I would understood as a child. She said, I've received the power of the Holy Spirit. I said, can I have that? And my mum very simply said to me, she didn't say go and travail in the larder or go and beg. She said, yep, go upstairs and ask the Lord to give you the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, oh, okay, mum. Now, as a child, you don't have all these uh, things built up in your understanding of scepticism and, and such things. So I just went upstairs and I can remember even now kneeling by my bed and I said, all right, Lord, um, whatever you've given my mum, can I have that too? Can I speak in that new heavenly language? And can I know that life that, that, that she's found? And I said that in a very childlike way. And then I just said, thanks, Lord. And I began to speak in other tongues. I began to speak in a heavenly language. Now, the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit um, involves you being able to speak in a heavenly language. But I just want to remove, an, again, another blockage that makes people think they haven't received. Um, there's a lot more to being filled with the Holy Spirit than speaking in a new heavenly language. Some would say it's the sign of being filled. I don't believe that. I believe it is a sign. But actually, I rather would speak to somebody and say, tell me how your life has changed this week. And hear of all the new joy, the new peace, the things that they've overcome in their life, rather than them just being able to speak in a new language, which is a part of what's available to us when we're infilled by the Spirit. But it's not the initial, it's a initial evidence, but not the initial evidence. I know many people that speak in tongues and, and still live very ugly lives. And I know people that struggle with speaking in tongues or in a heavenly language. But when you watch their life, it's so obvious that the Holy Spirit is now active 
within and throughout their life. So again, let's just remove this thing that you have to speak in tongues or you have to speak in a heavenly language. Now, as a child, I did. But also as a child, I experienced within me new feelings, new abilities that weren't there before. So it's not about overthinking this. Many people that struggle receiving the infilling of the Spirit simply overthink it rather than come as a child and say, Lord, you said it's available. I'm taking what you said is mine to take and I'm thanking you for it. A second thing that we need to understand, I believe, to remove some blockages from people experiencing the infilling of the Spirit or the baptism of the Spirit is simply to understand that you were filled from within. Now, let me unpack that statement a little bit more. Another common blockage is people thinking it is something secondary or different than the spirit they've already received at new birth coming into their life. Another experience maybe coming from outside of them rather than the power of the spirit who is now in them through being born again, now being released throughout their life to empower the life that he now inhabits. Now, this is very, very key for us to understand because I think sometimes our Pentecostal type meetings over the years have not helped some people to grasp what's happening when a person's life is baptised, infilled or saturated with the ability or the power of God. And it's almost like they're left standing in a room waiting for something to fall on them rather than experiencing something that God is now releasing in them. I really hope that helps some people today because we can't base our understanding of being filled with the Spirit upon standing in meetings and buildings with music playing and expecting something to fall on us other than what we've already received from God when we were born again of the Spirit. The Bible says of Jesus, and it's the same of us, that of his fullness have we received, that we receive the Holy Spirit at new birth without measure. Now stay with me. When we're born again, we receive the Holy Spirit, but in the moment of being baptised in the Holy Spirit, I just believe that this is a fresh way of looking at this, that could really help some people experience it today. Rather than taking you to a meeting and say, lift your hands and wait for something to arrive that's not yet here, how about we say, well, when I was born again, according to the word, the Holy Spirit sealed me, but also at that moment I became a temple for him. Now, Lord, I'm going to release you from being a prisoner in my life to having full reign in and throughout my life. Interesting thought, eh? So let's look at this a little bit different today, maybe in a fresh way than you've heard before. Number one, when a person is born again, they are born of the Spirit. God puts his Spirit in you. Number two, when a person is baptised or filled with the Spirit, they experience the release of the power and ability of the Holy Spirit into and throughout their lives, as they now submit their lives to his rule and reign and leadership. 
Being filled simply means being filled. Sometimes the confusion is where you're being filled from, above or from within. You see, my house could be filled with water, either by taking the roof off when it rains, and then there would be water coming from the outside, filling the inside, or my house could be filled with water when the plumbing goes wrong. And within the house, there would be a filling of the house. What if some people's blockage of experiencing the baptism or the infilling of the spirit is because they're desperately waiting for something external to come upon them, like a second part of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit part two. Instead of saying, okay, Holy Spirit, you've now come into my life. Now I want you to have full expression within this life. Now notice what Jesus says when it comes to a person being filled with the Holy Spirit. We've read already in John 7, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I was watching my washing machine today and I was thinking how interesting that the clothes within my washing machine experience a flooding or a saturation from within the washing machine, not from something coming upon them, if that makes sense. What if the Holy Spirit is already in you today because you received him when you were born again? And actually what the Holy Spirit is waiting for you to ask is for him to now have his way throughout your life, that he would be able to move and empower the areas of your life that maybe you haven't allowed him before. Again, just trying to bring some fresh thinking to help people experience this in a new way. Bible says that like Jesus, we receive the spirit without measure, no bits or degrees to him. What if there isn't a receiving of a second part or actually you received him fully when you believed, but in your prayer or experience of being baptized or infilled, you are now experiencing a groundswell or an overwhelming coming from within. You see, another word for being baptized in the spirit is the word to be overwhelmed. What if the overwhelming was to come from within us, where the Holy Spirit is already present, and we're not to stand in rooms waiting for it to metaphorically rain in some different way than what we've already known. Being filled or being saturated by the Spirit happens, I believe, that when we, when we surrender our lives to the Holy Spirit and ask him now to flood our lives with his ability leading. In some ways I'm saying, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you now take full possession of what now belongs to you? Number one, we're born of the Spirit. That's our status and our repositioning. A life now belonging to him. When we're born again, we're saying our life now belongs to you, Lord. What if the baptism of the Spirit is the enablement and the empowerment of the life that we say now belongs to him? In many ways, if we think about it this way, it's like that we're releasing the Holy Spirit from being a prisoner in our life to having full access to who we now are. Often when people don't experience the power of God or the ability of God in their life, 
it's normally because of a section of their life that they've not yet submitted to God. What if our prayer for the infilling or refreshing filling of God involved us now coming before the Lord saying, Lord, I will not hold back an area of my life from you any longer. Lord, would you be Lord and release your power and your ability in every part of me? No more percentage living with you, Lord. In some ways, it's like we're giving the Holy Spirit an access all areas badge within our life. Over the years, I've had the privilege of doing many Christian conferences. And sometimes when I would arrive at a Christian conference, they would give me, because I was a speaker, uh, a badge or a tag that said AAA, not Alcoholics Anonymous or anything. It meant access all areas. And I remember once saying to a young lady that was um, showing me around the building that we were going to be ministering, I said, so this badge, AAA, it means access all areas. She said, absolutely, sir. I said, so it means I can go anywhere I want now. No one's going to stop me. Absolutely, sir. So if I want to go in the broom cupboard, no one can stop me. Absolutely. I don't know why you would do that, but I can go in the ladies' toilets. Not that I have an intention of going in the ladies' toilets, but if I want to, this badge says I can. She said, I've never thought of it that way, but absolutely, yes. I said, okay. Now, what if in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're not just praying token prayers of feelings generated in a moment of a meeting, stirred by our soul, but rather the Lord has brought us to a moment where we say, Lord, I want to know your power and your ability in every part of my life to such a degree that I'm so full that even your language is then found on my lips, the heavenly language or tongues. In some ways, it's like we're saying to the Holy Spirit, would you now access all areas? Would you access all areas? What if that's the trigger? but releases the Holy Spirit that we received when we were born again to flood our lives. Now, this can happen, I believe, at differing times, differing times, or even for some at the same time. I know of some people that when they became born again, it was like they were baptised in the Holy Spirit in that very moment. Other people I know that have been born again and they were baptised in water And at that moment, they were baptised in the Holy Spirit or the power of God was released in their life. Other people I know were born again and made their confession of faith and were born again of the Spirit. And then weeks or months later, experienced the infilling of the Spirit. I think one of the nicest analogies that I I like to use with this, and I learned this from a a dear friend, was what if we imagine it like a double barrel shotgun? That both barrels uh, are available for you from God. He wants you to experience being sealed by the Spirit, being born again of the Spirit, but he also wants you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That really makes a lot of sense to me because one person may pull one barrel at one time and another barrel at another, may pull one trigger at one moment and then another trigger at another. Another person may pull both triggers at once. I was very much one of those people that just pulled both triggers at once. And in that moment, I was born again. But also in that moment, I felt the empowerment of the spirit in my life. Again, we've got to move beyond things that become barriers to people, like it's all about certain days. You know, people are saying to me, oh, Easter's coming, and then it's, then it's the uh, Sunday, it's Pentecost Sunday. So what? I know I've just offended someone, but so what? I don't want to experience an infilling of the Holy Spirit on one Sunday during the year. 
I want to experience his infilling every day of my life. I don't want to celebrate his birth one day a year on December the 25th or his resurrection on Easter Sunday. I want to experience his salvation, his presence and his filling every day of my life. But sometimes with the systems and the times that we invent, we can actually hinder people from experiencing what God wants to do. Well, you've got to come, now you've got to do this, then you've got to do this. A lot of time what I've experienced is as long as God's got all the ingredients in the bowl, he does what he wants to do. So for one person, they may experience the infilling of the spirit at the moment that they're born again. But for another person, it may be a little bit later, either because of ignorance or because there's areas in their life that they won't allow the Holy Spirit to now be the Lord of. But the key thing that we need to understand, I believe, is that God offers and has made available to every believer the ability to experience his power, the saturation of his power and his ability in their life. Again, when we refer to Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus promises, doesn't he? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, comes within you, when you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the word power is the word dunamis, which means dynamite. It's no light power, it's explosive. Other people have defined it as force. You will receive a new force within your life when the Holy Spirit is released within your life, when you receive the Holy Spirit. Other people uh, have said it means ability, that you will, you will receive ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, remember, for those listening to Jesus... The Holy Spirit hadn't yet been sent from the Father. There was an initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened in the day of Pentecost in an upper room. But for us, we receive the Holy Spirit the moment that we're born again. But also God wants us to experience the release of his power and his ability that delivers us from being the mere humans we were before to now knowing his life within us in the daily lives that we live. The truth is every believer, every believer can experience his infilling when they simply choose to submit their lives to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Maybe you're somebody that's made him a prisoner in your life by not acknowledging his presence. Maybe you're somebody that's been arm wrestling with the Holy Spirit. I'll do this, but I won't do that. I'll do this. How about today, because you have a desire to experience a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit like you've never experienced before, you just make the decision you're going to submit and say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Access all areas. Access every part of me. Let your life, your leadership and your authority Fill every room of the house of who I am. Why would somebody not want that? Because the alternative is to belong to God, yet to walk in your own weakness. The alternative to not experiencing the empowering of the Holy Spirit 
or the saturation of the Holy Spirit in your life is to say, I've got this, Lord. Thank you for the passport for heaven. I'll get there the best I can in my own strength. When that's not God's plan, that was never God's plan. His plan was to rebirth you by the Spirit, to make you born again, to give you a brand new life, totally forgiven, but also then for you to know the power and the ability. Today, what are we talking about? Turning the power of God back on in our lives. You don't need to be here with me. In a few moments when I pray, because of the time that we've spent together and the understandings you now have, I believe that many people, whether you're watching in England or America, in your living room or in your, or in your kitchen, are going to experience today a fresh infilling, bursting out of the Holy Spirit within your life, a fresh saturizing, an overwhelming of God, happening not from the outside in, like you're receiving something you've not received before, but rather like a plumbing pipe within you exploding and releasing within you everything that God's got for you. Okay, we're going to pray in a few moments, but I want to say one more thing on this subject. It's not just a one-off moment that a person is to experience, but rather an ongoing relational experience that we each enjoy each and every day. Again, sometimes when people speak of the baptism or the filling of the Holy Spirit, they almost make it like it's something that happens once in a believer's life, when actually that's not true. Because when you read in Acts chapter 2, you read of these people being in an upper room, initially and for the first time being filled with the Spirit. But then you read in chapter 4, the same people being in another room, and it says, and they were again filled with the Spirit. Why? Because if you're living your life for God, you need to live in the infilling of God on a regular basis. Again, we could compare this to a car, couldn't we? Imagine if I gave you a car. You could drive around the car, but you wouldn't drive for long if you didn't fill the car regularly with fuel. In the same way, we understand that God has given us a brand new life, but our lives need to be filled daily with his power and his ability. Not a power and ability coming from the outside of us into us, rather an ability and a power that's flowing from the one who now calls us his postcode, us his home. Remember what Jesus said? You will know rivers of living water flowing from your innermost being, your belly, your heart, your core. Now listen to what Paul says about this in Ephesians chapter 5. And this part really is for those who are already believers, those who have already experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit God doesn't want you to tell stories of how you experienced the Holy Spirit filling you in 1983. That's so last year. God wants you to be telling people about how you experienced the filling or the empowering of the Holy Spirit in your life today, this week, last week, and all the wonderful things that happened through your life because you did. Listen to these words. Chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 18. Don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Don't be drunk with other things. Don't try and find satisfaction 
from broken cisterns that can only give you a moment of pleasure. Paul's saying, don't be drunk, intoxicated, filled, overwhelmed with other things that lead to no good thing. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I like what the Passion Translation says. It says, instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, you've probably heard this before, but that word filled is a present continuous tense, which doesn't mean a moment long ago, but rather an ongoing reality or experience in the life that you're living for God. Actually, what Paul was saying to us as believers who have experienced an initial empowering of God or infilling of the Holy Spirit Now don't be drunk any longer with the things you once were drunk with, but instead be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled with what the Holy Spirit wants to release into your life. Have an ongoing present continuous tense of experiencing the power and the life of God at work within you. It should be something that we daily experience, saints. What does that look like? I believe it builds on our last series where we present ourselves to God. What happened? What would happen if every morning we made a decision that we were going to start our day differently from this point? And we did two things. Number one, Romans 12, we presented the new life that God's given us to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You've taken me from separation. You've made my life a new creation. You've caused me to be born again of your spirit. My life is now your temple, Holy Spirit. You don't dwell outside of me alone, but you now dwell within me. But what if we then prayed a second prayer? Lord, Holy Spirit, let me be filled afresh with you today. Let me experience a fresh infilling a fresh overwhelming, a fresh empowerment, a fresh force of you, not in certain sections of my life, but in every part of who I am. In some ways, that would be like us recognising that God's given us a new car, but also taking the new car to the petrol station or the gas station and getting the tank filled for the journeys that we're going to take next. This, I believe, is simply what a spirit-filled life looks like. A spirit-filled life is different to a spirit-saved life. God doesn't want you just to experience a life that's been saved by him. But he also wants you to experience, not in meetings, not because there's a band here or a choir singing, but actually in the loneliness or apparent loneliness of your own home. You see, it's this, my friend, that will break the power of depression off of your life. It's this that will cause healings and miracles to break out within you when no one else has prayed for you. It's the understanding, and I'm going to carry on with this next week. It's the understanding of hosting the presence of God, understanding that our lives now host the Holy One. And he's always present within us, wanting to do incredible things in us, but also through us. So we're going to carry on next week looking at what it is to host the Holy Spirit in our lives now.
But I want to end by saying this. God's plan was that you would be empowered by the Holy Spirit that now lives in you on a daily basis. That you would be led by the Spirit that lives in you on a daily basis. That you would be used by God to do things beyond what you could do because your life is yielded to the Holy Spirit who's now living in you. Not outside of you, but now within. Kind of makes sense of what Paul teaches about the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, doesn't it? But when we're conscious of somebody constantly now dwelling within us, making who he is, God's own Spirit making who he is available to who we are, then it's no big achievement to understand that the fruits of the Spirit are a natural expression in our lives of the one who's now living in us. But also the gifts of the Spirit. But we can have an expectation in week four, we're going to speak about how God now wants you to operate and use the gifts of the Spirit, the Spirit who's now alive in you, to see things change for others around you. I'm loving this journey. But today we're going to pray. Today we're going to pray. I'm going to pray, number one, for anyone that's watching that's never become born again. You've never been saved or become born again, born of the Spirit. You've never experienced God taking away an old life supernaturally and giving you a new life. Then I'm going to be praying for people to be baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit. So firstly, if you've never given your life to Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you right now. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, that he died not to repair an old life, but to give me a brand new one, a life that was born in the spirit, born of the spirit. I receive that new life today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, the Bible says you now belong to God. You've been taken from separation. You're now a part of his family. Please feel free to contact me. Andy at, Andy at family.church. Don't know how I've forgotten that. I've said that so many times. But what I want to do now is I want to pray for people watching this at home, not in any weird or freaky way, that you would experience right now an initial filling or, or a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I believe as you do, depression's going to be broken. Confusion's going to be broken. Suddenly, where there was misery, there's going to be joy. Where there was upset, there's going to be peace. Because you see, the moment what's of the Holy Spirit is released in us, it becomes ours also. So I want you to pray with me today. And again, we're not going to do this in any spooky or weird way. God doesn't need spooky or weird to achieve anything. But rather in a very sober, sober way that's coming from an understanding that the Holy Spirit is already in us if we're born again. And what we're asking now, we're giving him access all areas and we're asking him to now flood our lives. The word saturate means flooded, overwhelmed, take full control, no longer be a prisoner, break out in the life that now belongs to you, Holy Spirit. And we're going to do this very simply, okay? I know that we've got adults watching and we've got children watching. Like I said, I was nine years old when I, I was initially or originally filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray. And when I say amen, I want you to say amen 
And I want you to experience the Holy Spirit flood your life. I'm not going to come and pray for you. That's impossible. But you don't need me there to pray for you. You see, if you need me there to pray for you, what are you going to do when you're all alone? The plan of God wasn't for you to be helpless when you're all alone. Jesus said, I will not leave you helpless. I will give you the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you like an orphan. I will give you the Holy Spirit. You see, when John was exiled to Patmos, he wasn't alone. He had the Holy Spirit in him and with him. When we understand that these things are not just mere theory, but experiential, our lives are changed in a moment. So I'm going to pray. And when you say amen, I'm believing that that's the moment that your heart is open and the Holy Spirit is released in a fresh way in your life. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing, you might want to stand up, you may want to sit down. I don't know what you want to do. None of those things matter. It doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't matter that it's Pentecost Sunday on the calendar. None of those things matter. What matters is do you want, do you want to experience something more than what you have up to now? If you're living in weakness and failure, would you like to experience the power of God released in your life right now? God wants that more than you. We're not convincing God in our prayers. We're receiving. Remember the rules of receiving? We acknowledge, we receive, we thank. That's it. So when I say amen after this prayer, I want you to say amen. And as you do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that many, many people are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in a brand new way and your life is never going to be the same. Father, I want to thank you that you let us know in your word what and who is available for us. And as we approach you to receive the things you say we can, you gladly give them to us, not in measurement, but in full portion. Lord, we thank you for the salvation that we've received through the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, your son. But also, Lord, we thank you that when we were saved, we were born of the Spirit. Lord, right now, we want to know a flood and an infilling of the power and the ability of your spirit in our lives. Holy Spirit, we thank you that we receive today by faith with thanksgiving a fresh filling, flooding of everything you are into everything that we are. We will not imprison you. We will not tell you where to go and where you can and where you can't. Those days are gone, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy One of God, Spirit of the living God, now alive in us. Flood our lives with your power and your ability in such a way that we're never the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right now, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right now, be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit, right now, be filled with the Holy Spirit from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Let depression be broken, sickness be broken. Let, let joy replace misery. Right now, let the Holy Spirit, just like a broken pipe within you, spring forth and burst out 
rivers of living water. If you're a believer and you haven't experienced this for far too long, right now be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let the ability and the life of God now burst out and saturate everything that you are. So here we are, where does this leave us? It leaves us with the day that we're in, that God's given us his ability for this day. And it leaves us with tomorrow. I want to challenge you, tomorrow morning, present your life to God as someone that now belongs to him. But also then take a moment to, 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 to thank him for a fresh baptism, infilling, empowerment, saturation of his spirit. God bless.